Hey, look at that. I'm back. Um, two episodes in two weeks. Huh? That's consistency. That's how you build a podcast. Um, this one, well, I should start out by saying this is going to be a little double release. Uh, as in releasing it for Uncommonalities, a.k.a. UPod, a podcast where I'm just interviewing people who do cool shit and trying to learn some stuff from what they do. And then I'm also going to release this uh, on the Unfinished Business feed because fuck it. And uh, I recorded this episode uh, with OJ. By the way, his name is Seth in real life. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, So, you know, letting you in on a little podcast secret. But recorded this with uh, alongside Seth. So it feels like it will be right at home um, on the UFB channel in terms of like tone and stuff. Uh, but we sat down and interviewed a old friend of his, Taylor Smith, and talked about his project, um, RK Brewing. So that's A-R-K-N-E with a funky little accent on it. Um, I'll post, you know, I'll put stuff in the show notes so you can find it and check it out because he's got some cool, uh, it's not just the beer that we talk about, he's got kind of like a cool... Um, like story and wrapped into what he's doing. He's from uh, coastal Georgia, uh, St. Simon's Island, and he also he lives in Savannah now. And he, his whole um, philosophy around brewing as a creative expression is kind of wrap, wrapped up in a really cool way in like where he's from and kind of like the uh, the ecology that he grew up with and is you know currently lives around and everything. Uh, so we talked about you know, how he got into brewing, um, and like what it's, uh, you know, how he kind of stepped up his game in terms of getting properly, um, you know, what books he's read and he got, uh, you know, a little bit of continued education on that. And, um, you know, I, I love not just craft beer in terms of like talking about the industry, but I also really like it in terms of, from the lens of like, um, you know, being able to like buy beer or just trade, like get beer from your neighbor, like, or something who's just kind of been doing it as a, um, as a hobby and it's from local ingredients. And it's just like, you know, it's kind of a throwback to maybe the way things were simpler times, right? (laughs) Uh, yeah, but I've got another episode in the bank, which I will hopefully release, um, next Tuesday, I'm traveling for the long weekend, so um, we'll see if I'm not scrambling when I get back. But if I don't release it Tuesday, I will uh, probably release it next Wednesday. But uh, without further ado, enjoy this conversation with Seth and Taylor. Um, tell a friend, put a subscribe uh, on it. I mean, if you're even if you want to listen to one out of every few episodes, it helps me know like that what the audience for this is actually like because uh, it can be uh, hard to tell and you know I want to make sure that like not only um, do I know whether things are resonating but it also helps me like potentially get better guess if I can kind of prove that I'm not just um, pissing into the wind with this thing that doesn't I don't know if that really applies anyway uh, thanks for listening enjoy the program Cheers. appreciate it but i'm just like so dream funk it's just yeah i mean i i like your music taste though um whenever i hear it yeah appreciate that i'm like okay okay but yeah he makes some good sauce i I did recently like because i was doing like some spotify like cleanup and i came into like the ufb playlist and i was going through it and like we had some good jams on there oh for sure I, I mean, I think we had discussed this long ago. Like, it's an ego thing having a good playlist. It's a, mm-hmm. it's something. It's one of my greatest weaknesses is how much pleasure I get from somebody in the room going, "Hey, man, like, 
who whose song They're is like, this? Hey, this guy's got Shazam pulled up. And I'm just like, yes. <laughs> but like on the flip side, it's like, who's playing the music? Can we change this? <laughs> yeah, like, well, that and that's no, what, and that'll wreck me emotionally. I know, for days, man. So. I hate that. You're like, like, this party sucks. I'm headed home. I yeah. literally just made this playlist for the beach today, and we're not going away from this. No, yeah, but it's like awful. it's. But then those are the same type of people that are like. Just put on fucking Travis Scott, and they just play like uh, something that you could turn. Or Lady on. Gaga, dude. The worst is this was like a big uh, pet peeve of mine at like tailgates in college was a girl who would like need to play a song and would come up, disconnect the phone, mid song, play hers on YouTube with no continuity plan. Close commercials the phone. would close the phone. Yeah, or, but again, once the song's over, then there's just nothing until somebody fixes it. Like yeah. it's just the one song thing. Ugh. Drive me crazy, dude. What would be your go-to tailgate song right now if you're given one? Oof, right now is different than like in tailgate prime, probably. What's something that transcends time? Okay, uh, I would say, uh, fuck. What's the song? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm blanking on it. Um, uh, fuck, it's a rap song. It's gonna drive me crazy. Um, I'm gonna have to edit this out. Um, <laughs> no, I mean just like just the dead silence. But what's the? Um, it's this, it has like Outcast in it. Um, International players, players yeah. anthem. Thank you. All right, yeah. that that's like a absolute certified always banger. Always. Right. right. That would have been mine. Yeah. I don't know why I couldn't Return think of that. Of Who's? <laughs> but see that one, I just that feel song like... reminds me of you every single time. So. Daddy's returning to me. <laughs> it's a fucking damn good song. I mean, it's a great song, but I could just see you, you played that at Auburn. So I said, you fu- put on fucking, put on Colt Swindale. Yeah. Dude, there was a. Um, the tailgates that played country, I probably wouldn't want to go to, personally. Fuck no. No. Yeah. I don't know. We used to like, uh, we didn't have a lot of country at our tailgates, but it was the concrete jungle at South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Columbia? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I lived in Greenville for a little while. Greenville's a cool place, man. Love Greenville, man. Jesus. What were you doing there? Uh, after college, that was my first job. I moved up there. There's a lot of like, I know a lot of people who ended up working there after school. Like, there's a lot of work there. There is. It's like crazy because you go through like Spartanburg and all the outside areas and stuff, and there's like corporate offices everywhere. I'm like, there has to be like a tax break or something it's going on be. here because yeah. this is ridiculous. Where's the giant peach that's shaped like an ass? And Macon, I thought. I thought it was also Macon is like the place of. No, it's it's that it's the it's the town that from House of Cards guys claimed Kevin Spacey's character was from that. Oh, when you go, when he'd go to like that guy's like barbecue place and he's just like eating the ribs (laughs) and just talking about how he's gonna like assassinate (laughs) people, take take over the world. Yeah. Uh, No, at Gadsden is that where it's at? I don't know. It's in Alabama. I don't fucking know. But sorry. Yeah. No, South Carolina has a, uh, a special place in my heart for sure. So are you from Savannah or just Savannah, like the coastal Georgia area? From St. Simons. From St. Simons? Yep. Oh, yep. cool. Um, um, you salty dog. Yeah, my uh, autumn, I've been going to St. Simons with my family since I was like, you know, literally old enough to remember anything. Like We go right. every year, multiple times a year. Right. Yeah. I mean, we count on your dollars to come down. Yeah, there, exactly. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, they call you guys shoebies. <laughs> hey, I mean, at least you're not from Brunswick, though. Am I right? Like, That's exactly right. <laughs> Across the bridge, dude. Those fucking guys. Yeah, it gets wild over there. It does. But I went to Glen Academy, and it's like the second oldest school in, in Georgia, but like the eighth oldest school in, in the United States. But it's a it's a very classic school, and it's, and it's nice, and it's well-kept. But it they decided to build like brick cities around it. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. So... It's it's kind of a cool dynamic because you have all these like well put together, you know, um, upper middle class kids from St. Simons that are zoned for that school, and then you have just straight hood, and then the mixing of those two cultures, and it's and so yeah, yeah. Because so. I get the pri- the only other school, the private school, is that Frederica, right? right. And that's like probably. Very upper class. I'm super upper class. Well, Damn. but then you also have like Sea Island right there, which is just like, you know, like White Lotus level shit, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've only been on Sea Island once in all my years being we, there. We, so we used to go down with him and I think the biggest eye opener in terms of like class differentiation and affluency that I saw was like 
this friend that he had was like, yeah, dude, y'all come like hang out with my girlfriend. And like, we like walked to this girl's house and her dad's like a surgeon or something. And they had like a four level house on the beach that was massive. And she's like, we get off on one level. She's like, I haven't been on this level in like six <laughs> months. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. You live here? And I think, I don't even know if they live there full time, but like it's somebody's friend that was like, I can't remember. Went to Ole Miss. His girlfriend's from Ole Miss, and they just have fucking money. Yeah, and like, wild. It's the day we snuck into the cloister for New Year's. Okay. Because we left that house, went to the okay. beach, and snuck yeah. in. We snuck in on Sea Island, like, underdressed as shit <laughs> to, like, crash New I mean, Year's. that was my high school in a nutshell. Because, like, I'm a straight, I mean, not, not a shooby, but, like, a, a pogue for, for <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I was not raised, um, you know, rich by any means. So where are the actual good restaurants on St. Simons. Uh, and where are the most overrated restaurants in St. Simons? It, I guess it's not like locations. Well, not no, not location, but which ones are at which ones are actually good and which ones are way overrated. Um, I mean, I I just <clears throat> don't really like the bars and grills, you know. I yeah. mean, it's like So Mullet Bay, no, no. I mean, it's whatever. What about Hot Dog Alley? Hot Dog Alley can get some <laughs> the Meatball Sub. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, I mean, Southern Soul is good. I, you know, um, you know, you get a lot of traffic from, from uh, you know, the people who read Southern Living and shit like that. That was on Diners, Drivers, and Dives, right? Yeah, yeah. We used to go to Beachcomber for getting barbecue. That's OG spot right there. Yeah, yeah. Dude, the turkey sandwich, the, the Pretty barbecue damn good. turkey. Yeah. Fuck. Beachcomber's great. What about Crab Trap? Um, I mean, I like Crab Daddy's better. I mean, I know it's two different, like, kind of categories because... Crab Daddy's is upper class, or I mean, uh, upscale. Um, but I mean, I'm a fan of both. Yeah. Well, how do you, well, this is a better question. Might be a good segue. How do you feel about the Barrier Island that's right there? Oh, so much beef with Barrier Island. Their, so, their food is pretty decent. It's, their it's their food is really good. Um, they have a great chef. And the, and the restaurant group who owns that is Crab Daddy's. Um, they just opened up Fiddler's, which is a cool spot. I've heard that place is cool. I've, Very cool. I've, we went there. It's really good. The decor is awesome. Yeah. I love We went to Halyards. Whole... Dude, Halyards is expensive as shit. I've heard Halyards has gone downhill in recent it, it's years. It's not. I wouldn't go, especially for the money, but like you walk in and it looks like Easter. Like every old guy has like a Sea Island coral <laughs> yeah, polo, like the clip glasses around their neck. Right. Loafers. Yeah, the round glasses. Yeah. And yeah just everybody like, looks like a CEO of a bank. Yeah. They're yeah. just like, dude's just like, you know, every dad at a fraternity tailgate I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah. And on like, clouds. Like every and, single table they're talking about, like, you see what's going on in the inner city? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my dream, not to steal this, but is to fly in on that Sea Island airport. That's swag. Yes. I mean, that's, that's how um, I grew up there because my great grandfather was a uh, air traffic control man right there. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, and I grew up in his house. So my great grandfather's house. His house, his family's house there is sick. Where like whereabouts is it? It's um in Kelvin Grove and it used to be a pecan orchard or a plantation. Damn, that's awesome. So it's like hella old and um I don't know, you can like walk around and find uh um like old nails and like and arrowheads and all kinds of stuff. That's a uh like that's an interesting part of the the state for that kind of stuff. Like it's a very like, I don't know, like my some of my earliest memories of St. Simon's as well are going to see some of like the old old like Christ Church and like all that. Yeah, Fort Frederica. Out yeah, there. yeah. Like, yeah. There's a bunch of really really old stuff down there. Well, mm-hmm. Like a lot of it was salvaged like south of Savannah because like Sherman stopped right. Like he marched. Didn't to Sherman kind of just be like he burned Sav- everything to the ground? Wasn't it something right. like he like Savannah's too pretty or something? Statesboro, yeah, exactly. Well, that in Statesboro. Remember, he had a friend in Statesboro. Oh, really? We learned in history class and college my first year. He had a friend that he in, was close to in Statesboro, and he saved. He did not burn down Statesboro. He's like that place you can't rape and, and loot, <laughs> and so. You can get STDs for 200 years <laughs> on from this, but... But, uh, yeah. So, wait, there's a... The, you live near the Bloody Marsh, right? Like the, Bloody Marsh, yeah. It was a... Um, it was like the point in... It was the battle in which um, the Spaniards and the English finally settled on where the territory was going to... Like, where the uh, Georgia territory was going to draw. 
mm. from St. Augustine. So St. Augustine um, Spaniards came up, tried to infiltrate Fort Frederica, um, and they basically like snuck up on their ass and, and at the Bloody Marsh and um, like bamboozled the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, near and dear to my heart for sure. That's yeah, a lot of history there for sure. Mm-hmm. And so, wait, how does that tie into your the beer you brew? Your your yeah, I, I want to say brand. I guess it is brand. Like your yeah, I mean, you know, it's all fun. It's just like a creative outlet. But um, well, how did it get to like uh, a level of creative outlet where you're at such a? Because you're at a stage where again, you've got yeah branding that's very cool and like you are making it on a you know like because i've done home brewing where like with kits which mm-hmm. is what most people that i know that have done home brewing like you know you get the little bag of hops you right get the, and you follow the instructions like which, which is, is a fu- valid way of it's valid brewing. but it's fun but like you're beyond that and i i have uh i love the idea of brewing as a creative outlet because again you get to um from what I from my limited experience, it's like you get to be creative in terms of playing around with like flavors and like different kinds of um, expression, but it's also mm-hmm. very like tactile and hands on and like technical. Like, how did you get started with that? So um, back to like whenever I started my first job in Greenville, um, I didn't know anybody in Greenville. I literally moved up there by myself, started my job, had a little bit more disposable income. Um, you know, cause you, everybody here at the table, probably the same way, you know, we were just smashing natty lights at tailgates, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, we were digging for couch quarters. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. $5 drunk, <laughs> $5 six pack, but, um, which I still appreciate for sure. But what's your favorite, uh, like quote unquote shitty beer macro brew. Yeah. Um, micro brew. <laughs> no macro macro yeah yeah okay oh yeah my bad i like person like i i do not mind a pbr at all <laughs> yeah Tomboy pbrs for three dollars or 250 hit yeah they for, hit i can do it for sure um i mean gold tops miller light i feel like they have the most flavor they they have more of like a Agreed. um i don't i think it's the yeast that has more flavor as opposed to Bud Light, which is brewed with rice and it dries it out. So you have less flavor. I thought that was really weird when they like leaned into that in their marketing. Um, yeah. Where they were like, no, like, was it the not brewed with corn or corn syrup or something? And it was like they're listing their ingredients out and the, the like the highlighting of the rice. It was like, that seems like a, a negative that you guys are really highlighting in this. Um, yeah. I think, I think they were just trying to differentiate yeah. from Miller Lite. Um, and plus, it, it like I said, it dries it out, so it's more drinkable, I guess. Yeah. But back to um, how Coors I got started. Light is is brewed with piss, right? Straight cat piss. <laughs> World, world's <laughs> coldest beer. I actually like Coors Light. Too. I oh, can't no? do it. Mm-mm. If it's that or a Angry Orchard, give me the Angry. So you didn't. Oh, uh, <laughs> so you didn't drink like uh, craft beer much in college. No. Yeah. No. Me, me neither. So moved to Greenville, um, didn't know anybody. Um, there was a, t- a, a beer bar, which I've never seen before until then, but like a straight up beer bar, you know, with the taps and everything. Was it like a beer garden with the outdoor stuff or was it just like a, a bar that had a ton of taps and like kind of local stuff? Yeah. Local stuff. And they like didn't Stout, have any liquor. Stout brothers. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And, um, so I would go there all the time to socialize, you know, cause I'm kind of like a, I'm a social person. So had to get out and then uh i got to be friends with the owner and he kind of like taught me up on like sensory stuff and i was like damn this is kind of cool um and then greenville like as far as beer culture goes was kind of like precipitating from like Asheville. yeah um, yeah i can see that and still is so you know greenville definitely is like the little brother of Asheville. and did that you regard. make like trips to Asheville? oh there? Yeah. yeah oh yeah camping and um um, Asheville's such a gem, man. I love that. It place. really is, yeah. But I like Greenville better because there's more. It's more like concentrated on like where like your downtown and stuff like that. Yeah, I've always, always felt like Asheville. Everyone looked like they just woke up every time I went there. Yeah, pretty much. You just I felt, always felt like I was like bothering somebody. But I just feel like, dude, can, like, can I get another beer? Just like, <laughs> I've always wondered right. what to do there besides be a street musician or work at a brewery. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Just be a total nomad. <laughs> yeah. Dude, they all look like ski lift operators, but just no, like just they're just off season all the time. Right, right. It's a cool place. But um, so anyway, I'm so I got kind of like interested in the craft beer culture up there, and then I moved to Savannah, which was closer to home, and my dad is an electrician slash welder slash everything under the sun. Like he can pretty, he's a tradesman of all sorts. And I got interested in, and I was like, damn, you know, I just wanted to start homebrewing. I, I don't know. A, a wild hair got up in me where I was like, I can make this shit. I've always kind of been like a DIYer and different things. Did you learn, did you ask like, uh, like, did you just Google it? Or like, did the guy that you knew at the bar kind of help you out? Like, how did you like figure out what to do? I can't remember. Um, you joined a club, right? Didn't you join? You remember telling me you'd go to these meetings and they'd give you like recipe sheets. No, and- you're right. You're right. In Greenville, I, I did actually get like kind of a, a start. There was a there was a homebrew club at Thomas Creek Brewery, mm. um, which is like an OG Green Greenville spot. I think I've had their their beer before. I'm sure you have. It's yeah. they're they're pretty lackluster now. Um, but you would just tell me stories about these characters. Like so I know, like, yeah. the The homebrew culture is so geeky. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh my gosh! And some of it is like, like I, I just don't like these people. I wish they were cooler people. <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I moved back to Savannah. I'm going back back and forth to St. Simon's a lot because my dad is helping me build um, this brewery or whatever. And I had a, a, I didn't really have anything to like spend my money on. I wasn't playing golf. I, I didn't really have a hobby, so I kind of leaned into it. And then I, I actually got a web-based um, like degree from um, from Siebel uh, Institute of Technology, which is like uh, the the I guess most famous uh, master brewers course in America. Huh. But, I, I, but I'm not a master brewer. That's like a way. It's like fifty thousand dollars, and it's like two years, and you go to, go to Germany and shit. And I was like, I don't have time for that. Yeah. So, so my buddy Brush, uh, I don't know if you've met him, but he he did uh, biomedical engineering at Georgia, and then worked. Oh, for I did. I did meet him. Yeah, he worked for Anheuser Busch for like two years, and he was doing the master brewing shit. And finally, he was like, I'm out. This I'm really out. yeah. So if you're because I mean, brewery like opening breweries is just. I mean, I remember like eight years ago being like, this bubble's gonna pop, and right. it's only gotten. It's actually, I think it's stabilized considerably, yeah. and people are still opening them successfully. You go to like. Not because it, it it stopped even happening just in the cities. Like it started happening even in like suburbs of cities would all have like three or four breweries. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if people do programs like that, are they basically trying to enter like a recruiting space for people trying to open brewer, like breweries or like how does that? Because that's a significant investment. Like yeah, yeah. Um, and and my education I think was like a couple thousand. Um, if I had to do it again, I wouldn't do it. But it really, I'm, I guess my brain is wired. Um, so like structurally like that. So I kind of need like somewhere to start. Yeah, of course. And so that's kind of where I was wanting to go was like, all right, I need somewhere to start, but I want to do it right. Yeah. You know, I don't want to just like trial and error fucking a hundred times and, and watch YouTube videos for hours on end. Well, especially if you're like technically minded, I feel like you want to know not just how to do something, but why it works, especially something that's Exactly. So as old as brewing, like mm-hmm. it's what it's bio, microbiology, right? Like it's literally reactions and yeah. Um, I mean, I think people overcomplicate it um, because, like I said, you have these geeky ass motherfuckers in this <laughs> industry in this just, world. There's got to be a lot of like twirled up mustache. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. a lot of driver's hats, clear and, yeah. clear rim glasses for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, yeah, the, the forward facing Kangles. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't even know what it's called, <laughs> but they fucking Which suck. no one looks cool in those except Sam Sam Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. But no, you used to tell me stories about guys being like, all right, what did you make this week, Robert? He's like, I made a strawberry uh, Saison. <laughs> and then like people would just grill him and be like, it's not this, this. And he's like, thank you for the feedback. <laughs> <laughs> um, But... Yeah. So, um, but I wanted to do it right. And, um, so, and that's why I, I kind of went zero to 60 as far as my, my homebrew equipment went too. Um, and I'm glad it's not something that's just like faded out because yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was kind of a sizable investment, but you put a lot of time in it too. I've seen 
so you you it started when your da- your family's like the little shed you had the little shed, yeah remember? yep so um so my dad and I <clears throat> built the brewery um which is just like a stand with three burners and and three kettles to yeah. to simplify it but to house all that um we extended the shed and did some plumbing get some water and everything but I moved back to Greenville for my job. And I took all that stuff with me that was completed. At that time, I only had like two or three brews under my belt. And um, and when I moved back to Greenville uh, is when I really like started uh, brewing all the time. Because I didn't, you know, I didn't really know anybody except for the homebrew club people. I lived by myself in a, in a house. It's time consuming too. Yeah. And um, so, so... And that was like a lot of trial and error after my education. Okay, I'm educated. Let's fucking do this shit now. Yeah, yeah. Let's actually do something. So how many (laughs) brews do you think you got under your belt while in Greenville? Uh, I think it was like 20 or 25. And how many do you think you're at now? Uh, Probably like 100. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. What's the average time on a a brew? So how long does it take to complete a beer and put it in a growler? It's a few weeks, right? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's probably like, I mean, 30 days just to be comfortable. Some people, like, you know, in the homebrew community talk about, like, these nine-day beers. And I'm like, man, that shit just tastes too, it, they call it green or young. I'm like, man, this this beer isn't ready. Like, you know? and how, I just, how quickly do you need beer? I know. Like, just I know. Go, go buy some while you're waiting. I know, right? If you're a functioning alcoholic, I don't think home brewing's your your. Well, you know what's weird is I need um, fucking now. In I noticed when I was in Australia that that literally so many people home brewed and they did it in such a janky way, but it was literally just utilitarian. They didn't care how mm-hmm. it tasted. It was just like hooch basically because it mm-hmm. was. A case of beer in Australia costs like fifty five dollars. Oh my god! Because it's taxed to fuck. So like yeah, uh, Foster's is pretty expensive. Nobody drinks Foster's in Australia. <laughs> but yeah, so like if you were to buy a case of beer, it'd be that much money. So literally everybody ho- that has a house home brews because it's just like, why would I not? Hell yeah, make I need it to move myself. out there. Yeah. So we, basically, you'd be the most popular guy in the neighborhood. <laughs> we had gotten off a weird topic at work. We we're watching Little League World Series, and they started talking about the Arabian kid that was like six nine. You guys remember that? Mm. It was the little. This was like ten years ago, but there was a six nine. You can look it up. Um, kid, he just looked ridiculous, but he was, his family worked for like, um, like Arabico or something. It's like the oil company and they're patriot expatriates from the U S they go live in Saudi Arabia and they work on a compound for the oil companies and they get paid handsomely. But on the compound, you're not allowed to have alcohol unless you make it yourself. So like all these families would just have these home brews in, in the compound and they just would trade like so. I don't know. Thought it was pretty damn cool. I think that's awesome. I think I think the coolest part of like like what you're talking about is like you know making alcohol for yourself and and because um, basically that's I guess that's where my interest stems from is just making your own alcohol because I want to get into wines. I want to get into fruit wines and I want to get into um, you know ciders and stuff like that. Different just fermentation. Um, Did you make some mead? I haven't made mead, no. Damn. Yeah. Well, there's like a certain community aspect to that, too, where it's like, you know, like I, the guy, I buy my beer from my next door neighbor, like that yeah. kind of thing, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. It's like a, like an agrarian. A little bit. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And well, you know, well, you know where it comes from. Like it's. It, well, it's kind of very similar to like the, the bartering system. A little yeah. bit. I mean, so the last people I talked to uh, were these guys who do, um, they're involved in like the legal cannabis industry in Virginia. And that, that was kind of like what they were trying to do is like, they were trying to like enable all these home growers so that it would be like, a you know, you would go buy it at the farmer's market from somebody in your town. Like integrity. Integrity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there is something about it. That's like, it's um, again, it's such an old process that doesn't have to be consolidated into like giant Anheuser-Busch silos. Like you can just, right. Cause like, what are your, like, I know you said it's like an artistic outlet, but like, what is, um, but you can make a pretty decent amount of like, well, how, how big is like a barrelage of your system? Um, so not no barrels, but, um, 
it's so my boil kettle gets up to 14 gallons and then it comes down to like i can probably i mean 10 gallons 10 yeah. 10 gallons comfortably it's i mean that's a a lot. I mean, that's at least twice what what I used to use. But it's mm-hmm. just like, uh, and you mm-hmm. you want to keep experimenting and everything. And it's like, does that, um, like, what is your like? Is it like a sort of a long term hobby kind of thing? Like, what do you like think about when you think about where you want to go with it? It's a good question. Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it it would just the stars would have to align. I mean, I want to treat it as like something that I like to do first and foremost, and um, and like if I get, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I, it's just like, as far as the branding goes and the beers and, and everything about like what I want to give to people I want, I want to do, but it's just such a, especially in Georgia, the, the laws are just so fucking, yeah. you, you have to jump through so many hoops to, to have like just a small little brewery on a, on a corner of in downtown Savannah. I think it's, I, I hope that's going to change soon. Cause like we, uh, I've probably said this on UFB before, but like the, it's already cost Georgia a lot in terms of like creature comforts was going to open their second brewery in Atlanta and then they ended up opening it in LA because the really the law. Yeah. Because our laws are such that if they wanted to sell Tropicalia in the Atlanta location, they would have to brew it at the Atlanta location which doesn't make any business sense why you'd have to brew the same beer 60 miles from each other twice as right. opposed to brewing it in one location and just moving it. So you have to invest in new brewing equipment. Yeah. And it's like, so, why can't I just so have they a tap just, room? So they yeah. just ship it to LA now? Well, no, they're, well, they're building a second, their second actual brewery in LA. Okay. Which again, they're also like friends with all the Marvel people. Yeah. It's going to be fucking yeah, outrageously dope. Yeah. I mean, Damn. it's going to be awesome. I would fly out there just to go see it. So yeah. just the, like the people that were filming the Avengers here just found the beer. and was like, this is sick. Yeah. Thor came mm-hmm. here and he was just like, basically that's what they did is they were basically, I think everybody was like drinking it and they right. were like, it was free for it's, creature comfort. They and said, it was, in, they it said, was in the movie. They said, can we drink this in the movie? And they were like, are you fucking serious? Like, you <laughs> it was the, the beer of of the of the um, like the set. You know, yeah, that, yeah. that's what they were drinking on set. Yeah, Damn. wild. Why yeah. couldn't you got in on this, man? Bro. You couldn't have dropped off just a fucking couple growlers. <laughs> at- so you alluded to it, uh, like a little while ago. But like, as far as the you know the the name of your setup and like your branding, like where does that come from? So RK is like the phonetic way or the phonetic root word of archaic and so um and i kind of like put a little spin on it to to just kind of make it like seem kind of tribalish or you know um but that's kind of like the whole feel is like down in coastal georgia that's it that's where everything starts that's where life starts um as far as um the the nutrients the 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 density of nutrients inside the marsh. Uh, that's where eggs are laid. Um, like as far as like sea creatures and, and all that ecological yeah. stuff that goes on. Um, and then, so that kind of ties into this, like this coastal Georgia folklore that I've kind of like kind of made up in my, my brain a little bit where uh, I just want to, it's just it's all about like um it's all about just like the feel of of a, a mythological uh parallel universe of what coastal georgia is yeah i mean so but you, so you put a lot of i mean you've obviously put a lot of thought into like yeah you, know, you didn't name it like Taylor's brew, like, yeah. you know, like it, <laughs> right. it's, it's it's very down like, south beer yeah you, know, you put a lot of thought into like creating a um you know like like a mythos for a lack of a better word exactly and yeah like it, i mean it's a whole story i mean I've, I've i've tried writing like an actual story because you know that actually makes sense to do but i'm not a writer so this is kind of how i i get it out there is through my beer yeah yeah you said a lot of that comes from what what are the people called the Oh, not the. Uh, I'm gonna butcher it. The Gullah Geechee there you culture. Go. I was yeah, say, o- Okeechobee. <laughs> That's Florida. Yeah. So the Gullah Geechee are they're the ones from Gullah Gullah Island, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, they they filmed <laughs> it on it. the Euphor. Yeah. 
Um, but I mean, so like I have a bunch of animals, right. That is based on coastal Georgia folklore and legend. That is like a real established thing, but I want all of these animals and, and people to live in this universe together. So you have, so, and it's not an original, um, concept to have a deer with, uh, trees going out of its, yeah. You know, four spirit kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's not super original. I've seen it before, but, um, but to bring it, like, that's kind of my mascot. And then in like, say in Darien, Georgia, which is in between Brunswick and Savannah, you have the, uh, you have the Ottomaha river river monster, which is a real thing. Um, and people like talk about it. There's a sculpture of it in the, in their city hall. So it's like the Loch Ness monster, but basically, okay. And then you have, uh, and then you have the tree spirits on St. Simon's, um, which is like, you know, an artist carves out faces of old sailors in, in these live oaks. And, you know, my, the way that it would exist in, in my world is that, you know, it's like a mother willow type of character. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have you have, so your individual beer or like brews that you've done, have you like, have you named them, uh, in any way or like, would that be something that you would do in the future? Yeah. probably like professionally. You yeah. Know, that, cause, um, cause I don't want to like pigeonhole one name to, I have a list of names, but, um, you know, I'd rather just describe it as a lemongrass wheat beer yeah. for now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate age of superstition, <laughs> you know, uh, like the um, god, what's the Orpheus is like transmigration of souls. <laughs> Although, burial is my favorite names, ever yes, because yes, all their names are it. it's like the sum of all human misery, and it's like it's, it's just like a cherry sour. Yeah, like it's a very right. mild, right. Say, <laughs> yeah, it's a very mild uh, Berliner Weiss. <laughs> But I would totally lean into something like that. It's cool, though. I mean, I think it's something that people um, th- that is a big hallmark of of brewing culture is like the ability to create almost like a little pocket universe of culture within kind of the I mean, it, like artistic. You can tell that it's like there's a reason that I can't get excited about New Realms beer because mm-hmm. yeah. they, mm-hmm. they they make, you know, just beer for Saturdays is what right. they do. And it's, and it's, they call their shit like Hoplandia. Like, yeah. Well, it's kind of like, what is it? It's like, drink a beer. Fuck you. Like, yeah. You know, yo, oh yeah. You're hot on the belt line. Here's a beer. Well, $5. I fuck mean, you. I think they have a beer that, that's literally just called like Atlanta United Lager. And it's like, dude, come like, come on, man. Like put a little fucking. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think what makes me buy a beer now more a days is if it's in a tall boy can. Mm-hmm. And if the can is just some ob- insane artist thing, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a big part of it. it. It is like breweries have become like, there's so much, uh, multimedia that's like wrapped into creating like an, a successful brand, I guess, for lack of a better word. Dude, there was like one, it was like a cookies and cream milkshake stout or something. And it was like Fuck three, it was like three, <laughs> cook- <laughs> that shit. it was like three cookies running in pig costumes in a big bad wolf. Like, like, well, I like, I mean, that's cool though. Yeah. And that's I was fun. like, this is ridiculous. I'm going to buy this. And it wasn't that good, but you know, it's- I'm just talking shit about like the, the amount of ingredients that breweries put in, in beers <laughs> and list them out. It's like, well, just, just give me a normal stout, maybe a little bit of vanilla, you know? I think some of that ends up masking not that the actual underlying, like, stout or IPA or whatever maybe isn't that solid. Yeah. That we're just throwing, like... I also feel like it's an, an open door to a lot of artificial flavoring yeah. as well. Totally. It's like, what totally. do we got left over there? We got five Nutella cookies, some of the GIF s'more stuff, and <laughs> yeah. just throw it all in, just fucking chuck it in there. I mean, how many calories does that shit have? Dude, <laughs> my dad exclusively drinks, like, 12.5% like fucking creme brulee stouts, and it's really? just like... This can't be good, man. Like, I don't. Dude, drunkest I've ever been just talking about high alcohol was uh, uh, Terrapin does the the big hoppy monster. So it's mm-hmm. stronger than a hopsecutioner, which is a sick name. That's that's a pretty good name. Hopsecutioner is great. But um, so 
at the a brewery, you're only allowed to get a half pour of it and only two of them. You have like two little check boxes on your wristband that they mark if you get That's them. just like a challenge. Yeah. And you, oh, dude. And you can't sneak them. So like you're only allowed to have two and our buddy, his parents left and they're like, y'all want our wristbands? And we're like, yeah. So we got two more big hoppy monsters and we blacked out by like nine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's just like 18% alcohol. Uh, dude, I got kicked out of a bar for like shooting straw missiles at the bartender, <laughs> you know, like the paper yeah. missiles. And he was like, you do it one more time and you're out of here. And I was like, if you're worried about straws, this place is going under. Kill yourself. And he was like, <laughs> my Dude. God. And I just shot one more at him. And they I'm just, trying to get, get that drunk tonight. Honestly, they did the cartoon. <laughs> they threw me out like a cartoon, you know, like they heaved me. <laughs> what's, uh, what's your favorite type of beer that you've made? Um, I'm actually kind of working on it. Um, my dad and I brewed a Saison this past, this have past. you done a Saison before this one? I've done one Saison and I actually put some lemongrass in it. I'm a big fan of lemongrass. Big lemongrass guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Asian roots. Been watching. I told you I was watching Curb Enthusiasm and like Lee. I just watched an episode with Leon's. Like, man, fucking white people always putting like fucking grass and shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, eating fucking grass in your beer. So what? What would be an alternative to lemongrass? Uh, there's not one. I don't think. I don't think. I mean, there's. So this may be a dumbass question. Why does it just taste like lemon? I don't. Why is it lemongrass? Uh, yeah. I mean, it has. Yeah. Kind of more herbal than that, maybe? Yes. So Absolutely. someone just yeah, munched like on it and was like, lemongrass. Yeah. <laughs> Consider that named. <laughs> but to answer your question, I, I really want to lean into more saisons and farmhouse ales. Yeah. I think I think that's more of like the the style that like I'm trying to I'm trying to go towards. Um like, you know, green bottles, you know, more elegant kind of kind of beers. What's table uh, beers? What is like would you also say that saisons are harder than some other stuff that you've done, or like what's 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 like the most difficult in the scale that you loggers loggers yeah mm-hmm. yeah loggers are 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 tough because the yeast is so delicate uh is you have to ferment at and and it's and it's brewer's choice how you ferment, but like the traditional way is to ferment it for like six weeks at forty five degrees. So you have to have, you know, refrigeration. Yeah. <clears throat> which I do because I'm a fucking professional. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's like, yeah, dude, you run out of ice in your Yeti, you're fucked, dude. <laughs> dude. But um, but so you have you have to do that, and then you raise the temperature up a little bit, and then you lager it for like another month. But there's some alternative ways to kind of lager nowadays. That was, uh, that's one of the reasons that I heard that like, there was not that many craft loggers for a long time is Mm -hmm. that it's just too expensive to do it. it If like, if, for example, if we're a microbrew and we have like, we can basically run three brews at a time Mm -hmm. in the time that we're going to make this lager that's just sitting in this tank for extra amount of time and we have to spend more money to cool it, we could have churned you know, uh, one and a half beers in that same time or whatever. Like exactly. It's just, yeah. And people are usually coming or buying craft beer for, for the ales, for the IPAs, for the, yeah. you know, for those things. If they're one a lager, they're going to go to macro brews. Yeah. But that's kind of like the old school way of thinking now, like the, the industry definitely is sh- shifting to craft loggers. That's yeah. why you get see halfway crooks as being so, I mean, they're, they're pretty successful in my book. Yeah. Kind of niche, niche, you know, it's interesting to see, like, um, I don't know, the way that the industry grow, or goes in terms of trends. Because, you know, for a while, like, like you can really watch, like, everybody kind of is always, like, kind of looking at each other's paper in terms of, like, oh, shit, <laughs> yeah. everybody's doing New England IPAs? Like, we got to fucking do a New England IPA. Or, like, fucking sours. Like, put it out, put it out. Like, <laughs> right. Seltzers, dude. Everybody's done seltzers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, I'd like to do a seltzer. They're pretty easy. I, I saw I, a I seltzer think. the other A bang. Bang makes seltzers now. Bang energy drinks <laughs> make seltzers. Uh, Are they energy? Like, do they have I think that's drink? a. I think. I hope. I hope hopefully, that died with Four Loco. I think <laughs> they're just sneaking in the new Four Loco. It's just repackaged. Hell yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, how fucked up? I mean, dude, just a pound bang and then be like, all I drink are bangs. That was a good six months when Four Loco was like full throttle Four Loco, you know? 
that was like well, that was freshman dying. year. That's like freshman year. It of was college. it was freshman year of college because we could. I just remember being able to go to like a gas station and ba- spend five dollars for more alcohol than I could handle and basically. be destroyed. <laughs> yeah, just drink a fucking four loco and one of those Mad Dog twenty twenty just blue guys. What was nice about it too was it was such a like it was a unit of measurement of drunk where you're like one four loco is like we're ready to go and you're like he drank two four locos he's gonna be fucked oh, up. You were and it's big, like yeah. and if somebody's like that guy drank three four locos he's gonna die. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, People that original. Funnily. Yeah, that original four loco. I think you could uh, pour it, and it would make the hot tub time machine. If you the original one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh man. So I mean, ideally, what's the next? You know, what's I know he's already touched on it, but would you do a micro brew, or would you want to? I would. I would if the location was right, and and um, I mean, you have you. Yes, yes, and it would be tap room only. Um, no, no distribution initially. Three and a half barrels. Um, that seems is, seems like distribution opens up a whole nother monster in whereas, Georgia. It yes, does. it really does. Well, even otherwise, because one of them is like more similar to like owning and operating a restaurant, whereas the other one you have to worry more, way more about. Like if you're just doing a brew pub. Mm-hmm. Like then you you're probably just kegging and that's it. Whereas like otherwise mm-hmm. you got to worry about bottling and warehousing and exactly. all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's like the. <clears throat> I mean, it's so costly. I mean, you're talking about a multi million dollar investment, yeah. and it's like nah. Fuck we that. talked about it earlier, but like Torch Top really, I truly feel does a really good job of. They and they're no distribution, they right? Make, yeah, yeah, damn good beer. You bring your growler, we'll fill up as much as you want. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think they can their own, like yeah, yeah. But only they'll only release it like at the place, and it's a limit. But Torch quality has, is just so much better, dude. They like have that. the best IPAs I've had in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They don't many. sit on the shelf, no. You know, in in seventy something degree weather, you know, they're cold all the time. Uh, that hot flavor doesn't Damn. go away. What is this? This is good. IPA, bro. Yeah. What um? What are your favorite hops to use? Um, because there's only like a couple hops that I feel like I have a good enough palate to like pick out. I know. I I. Yeah, it, it it's hard to kind of pick them out nowadays because they're all just so like pungent, uh, tropical. You know, that's yeah. that's like American hops. Which I love, you know. I love that about American hops, and it's really like driven the craft craft beer industry because everybody loves that about craft beer is the IPA and then the uh, the aroma and the flavor. And it's crazy how an herb can really give off that that those flavors. When I used to it's get amazing. brewery tours, that was like one of my big moments was talking about, you know. Having people taste like the tropical IPA and just be like, "Yeah, that's just four ingredients, bro. Yeah. Like, there's nothing mm-hmm. in that. Like that all comes from the hops." Yeah, and be like, "What? Like you know, it's a big." Uh, so where do you? How do you get your ingredients? Is there like a store or a website or um, you get it off Amazon? <laughs> I could. Uh, I buy hops in bulk because they're expensive, and I'm brewing all the time. I, I buy everything in bulk. How hard are hops to store? Uh, just freezer. Just freezer and and um, if I was able to, I would vacuum seal them. But but I'm not able to, so fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But um, I buy my hops off online. Hops Direct. Shout out to Hops Direct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're sponsoring this episode. <laughs> right. Um, and then I buy my grain from a local brewery uh, in Savannah, and then. Everything else, pretty much online yeast. I buy straight from White Labs. Do you are you able to maintain your own culture? Do you have to like replenish it pretty often? I can. Yeah, I uh, I, ha- I have multiple generations, so just to save money, because um, it's like ten dollars per. It's like it cost me about twenty dollars for a, a, a ten gallon batch, and so however many times I can use it again, it's just saving that much more. Yeah. Um. And what is that for someone like me who does not know? Is that uh, what is a what's the culture? What's the culture, man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I I don't I don't make my own cultures. That's a whole nother realm. I just brew. So like as a brewer, I don't even get into like 
all kinds of wacky different types of yeast or anything? Not, not yet. Or, or, you know, some people, some breweries say that they have a house culture. I don't have a house culture. Yeah. I don't have a lab. I don't have, man, you need some culture, man. It's yeah. all about the culture, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just buy my yeast. I prop it up. Um, meaning like I, I, um, I make a yeast starter just like, like you would for bread kind of thing to make it viable, make it, make it so where it's the most successful it can be in fer- during fermentation. So it's not stressed out. So, I mean, you can taste the stress. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that we can keep yeast from having anxiety. <laughs> right. They're delicate creatures, man. Fucking yeah. sea monkeys, basically. <laughs> Dude, sea monkeys. I mean, that was a time. It's been like, I want, I want a pet. And then yeah. your parents are like, here's fucking sea monkeys, dude. <laughs> what was sea monkeys? I thought they were, I don't even know. I thought they were like freeze dried shrimp or something. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. My family's like, that's witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good brewing ingredient. No Harry Potter and no sea monkey. Yeah. <laughs> try try our sea monkey IPA. <laughs> sea monkey saison. Hell yeah. Isn't there a South Park episode where like it's actually they, they become advanced and yeah. they like communicate and like they evolve? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Dude, oh, man. uh I mean, so any of someone who's just getting started, what's 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 your number one golden rule if you could go back and tell Fermentation temperature. Okay. Get a wart chiller. That too. (laughs) Oh, God. So I never had one. Oh, really? So you ice bathed it? Yeah, just basically just get as much, get like literally go to the store, get like three bags of ice and just put it in the bathtub and then and like, wait for hours. And, then, and then just will try to cool it, literally wait for hours for it to cool down. All the ice is gone. And you're like, how the fuck do I get like use it? To, it's, oh, it's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a badass wart chiller. You think you're better than me? <laughs> Yeah, that I mean, fermentation temperature is the main thing. You can make like you can fuck up your whole uh, brewing day and everything, and pitch the yeast, and ferment an ale at sixty four degrees, and it'll come out drinkable all day. Yeah. So do you? How do you? Uh, how do you approach sanitation? That seems like such a easy thing to like fuck up. By brewing sanita- uh, sanitizer, it's yeah. just like a diluted phosphoric acid, and um, and every, you don't really have to worry about sanitation until after the boil. So everything up to that, um, you can you know you can do whatever. You know, it's like brewing coffee or brewing tea. You don't always like clean out the filter or yeah. clean out your pot or whatever. Um, so you have like a little bit of residue. It's not going to hurt anything. You ever thought about leaving an open uh, like trying to get like some wild yeast and shit coming in. Or yeah, like? that, I mean that's exactly what I'm working on now. I just bought a book. Um, I'm trying to do more wild stuff, more like funky stuff. Just brew to saison, more farmhouse style. That's that's like totally what I so want. So what do. makes it a farmhouse style? Um, so like the saison style is uh, an old French Belgium Wallonian like back when I guess French and Belgium was like a. a a single country or something like that. Um, I don't, I like almost failed world history. So AP world history. So <laughs> that, that sounds about right. Something nah, like that. Yeah. You yeah. Had, you had me going. So, um, but the, the history of Cezanne is the farmers in, let's say France, uh, basically needed something to quench their thirst at the end of a hard work day. They would use the grain that they didn't sell and just make beer out of it. And it, they didn't have brewer's yeast. They just put water and grain together and and made this like rustic beer that was kind of sour, kind of refreshing, uh, very dry and, and drinkable beer. Damn. So, but it would come from like basically wild fermentation is just like a little bit open air and then just whatever is just around kind of. Mm-hmm. Oh, just kind of deposits, so like bird shit. And- yeah, like bird poop and it's community beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also and known it- as prison toilet <laughs> toilet wine, <laughs> bathtub gin. Yeah, bathtub gin. But it would be very cool, and and it would be very on brand for me to brew a beer with local native. Yeast, yeah, yeah. You know, so that that's definitely in my wheelhouse because also I told my dad he had this like stainless sink. That's like five foot long. And I don't know if you know anything about cool ships, but that's like an old, um, 
that's it's it's basically a stainless open fermenter so i'm gonna pour beer into this basically a stainless bathtub and put a, a mesh screen over it so no like varmints getting there <laughs> yeah <laughs> and just take a swim uh, just take a bath just <laughs> spitting up <laughs> beer but um and then let like the local native fontaflora like ferment it and it's kind of cool yeah that'd Let's be funky what. man do you think you could make something with like a celebrity's bath water <laughs> j-lo where you at <laughs> <laughs> yeah what a j-lo saison taco flavored kisses <laughs> Um, I mean, I um, I know we haven't done like a tasting, but like, I mean, all the beer has been, I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Like, sweet, it's, it's thank you. Drinkable, really, really good, man. Drinkable at best. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like, if it, it's not, I don't know. My again, I, I when I did microbrewing, I only did it a few times, and like, it was like, it was always fine. I again, I followed a very specific kit and recipe, mm-hmm. but like, what'd you make? Um, I made. I think I made IPAs each time I did it. Okay. Um, I never did anything crazier than that. But Is that the easiest style of beer to make. Yeah. Do you, sometimes, if you're new to IPAs, I mean, you wouldn't know what a like. Well, you wouldn't know if it's ruined again. Or not. I, I like, think this yeah. just yeah. <laughs> Mine were a little overly malty, but it's just like again, mm-hmm. it's like as long as you the hop, as long as it like the you measured it so you knew that it was like actually getting to the within the range of fermentation it was supposed to be and it's just like you had the hops in there with the right <laughs> percentages and everything like i don't know yeah it masked the fact that it was probably amateur is what i'm saying it was probably like you did your best like, but like <laughs> i'm saying if i ordered the if i went to like a brew pub in atlanta and i ordered this like i would be very satisfied with it you know like it's sick it's really good thank you Thank you. Uh, I would I would ask for like a plug, but like you know, people can't unless people come to your house. I don't think they can. <laughs> I actually I actually made a Facebook page. Oh yeah, yeah. So, I made so a are you page. are you able to like kind of just this might be illegal, but are you able to just like give people beer through the Facebook page or like just you want be, would people just support it and follow you? You checking like, IDs, it? man? <laughs> St- rubber stamp at the door, bro. Yeah, twenty one. Yeah. Um. Uh, I just give it to family and friends um, and then whoever wants to come over and hang out. But it's really just, I mean, it's just fun like, yeah. to have a have a, pay, a dedicated page to... Well, what's the page? What, what is it? RK Brewery, baby. Right, spell that out. Uh, A-R-K accented E. Do you have to type that in? How do you do that on a keyboard? I'll figure it out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what I'm actually going to do, gonna go to the Facebook page and copy paste. That's usually okay. what I do when there's Perfect. an accent. <laughs> Over something. Um, would you be cool if we just put out your home address and people just show up? Yes, for beer? I would. I actually would. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're one of the, my listeners and you're in Atlanta and you're willing to drive to Savannah for free beer, then like I think you deserve it. Honestly, lots of free beer, all the free beer. I mean, it has yeah. to be free, or else it, I'm going to jail. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Georgia brewery Officer, laws say that like those we, kids got the beer for free. I didn't charge them a dime. <laughs> If you're a home brewer and you're caught distributing beer, I think Georgia Brewery Law says that we have to throw stones at you until you're dead. <laughs> I was actually really worried about that on the way here. I was like, if I get pulled over and a this bunch of some bitches bootlegging, yeah, they'd fucking. Drop. I'd be damned if I go to jail for fucking transporting home brewery. That sounds like some Statesboro shit, though. You know, like you bringing alcohol to my town. Yeah. Who um who helps you bottle? Um. So I just I I just. Uh, I have four taps, and if you've ever been to a brewery where they have like growler fillers, like yeah. just like an extension um, from the tap, that's what I have. Man, so it's that's pretty awesome. easy. Yeah, that Dude, was these always growlers the... are sick. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to go. Um, and and then everything else, so it comes from out of a keg. So I keg everything, so I don't bottle anything. Yeah, bottling sucks. Yeah, fuck. That bottling. was all. That's the reason I it was like whoever you name you were gonna drop is like that's your best friend right there because that's like <laughs> the biggest fucking pain in the ass well, he, it really used to, is. he used to like leave uh six packs out in little like a uh, handmade wooden uh, yeah well the cartons he, well he did that for the he made a yeah. ufb brew yeah. yeah 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 that was great yeah a little hazy boy yeah i actually sold all those i actually made a little little bit of money on this oh, at a little, garage sale <laughs> really yeah did you get gary veed it's <laughs> <laughs> like look man I'll give you five cents for these. <laughs> Flip them, <laughs> make a fortune. 
This guy's just ripping off old people with like glaucoma. It's like Shh, that lamp, two dollars. Fuck off. Do you I'm know not- how much yeah. these GI Joes are worth? <laughs> I don't want to be selling G.I. Joe's. Like, what the fuck? What are you doing on your Saturday? Yeah. Are you hustling? <laughs> yeah, I made $17, Gary. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, I think we'll call it. Cool, yeah, man. we appreciate It's good. feels just like riding a bike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, welcome to the podcast. And, like, it's obviously fun to talk about. Uh, I love microbrewing and beer in general and so like it's just cool to talk to somebody who's like actually fucking does it mm-hmm. as opposed to an amateur like me who did it a couple times was like yeah i know how to do that <laughs> right <laughs> well, you, you have a reference point yeah yeah enough to talk about it but yeah man it was no cool. awesome to be here i love talking about homebrewing and anything beer related and i'm just thankful that people are interested in what i'm doing so lastly i don't know, random thought you ever you ever caught somebody like talking about at a party that has no idea what they're talking about like oh homebrew like, so then you're just like i actually i'm about to drop some fucking that, that actually happened you. to me recently where i was at there's a per, i was at a party and like i was talking about somebody brought out a, an, a beer that was like yeah i've been storing this for a long time and it was it was like a stout or something? But it wasn't a stout, and I was like, oh, I don't know if that's going to be good anymore, because like, I was just like, yeah, because like, only, the only kind of beer that keeps well is like stouts or whatever, and they were like, actually, there's, you know, that's, and I was like, oh, yeah, and they were like, oh, yeah, like, I brew my own beer, I kind of do all this, I was like, oh, well, I'm just totally out of my <laughs> I hate people here. like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, I brew my own beer, I know things. You yeah, know? I mean, he just, he, I wanted to so argue you got, with you him, but I, I kind of did a little bit, yeah. <laughs> okay. But I also didn't really care about the party, so it was fine. Right, right. Have you just dunked on anybody before? I, I, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, but there's just so much theory out there. It's like, you know, people have their ways of, of doing things whenever they're brewing and stuff, but when it comes to, like, perceivable difference, does it really fucking matter? Yeah. You know, some, most of the time, I feel like the same goes doesn't. with cooking and grilling. Yeah, Like, absolutely. it's very... Like, like, is it burned or not burned? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, so I, I get it. I just, there's so many, I don't know, I just feel like home brewing, smoking stuff, but like, it's like growing any, gardens can be very pretentious. Like, or, oh, mm-hmm. like, or being a fan of music in general. Like, people mm-hmm. are, people, people can be pretentious. People will look for any reason to yeah. just reign superiority <laughs> over other people for something that doesn't actually require any sort of personal value. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Like uh, you can have it, dude. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not trying to compete. So, oh yeah, I won. I won. <laughs> right. The guy just brew his own beer. Right. I'm like the <laughs> most anti-competitive person when it comes to shit like that. But I've seen your new uh, your new brewing setup, and it's fucking legit. Yeah. Well, the coolest thing about my my so when I move I moved back to Savannah. I'm now currently in Savannah full time all the time, Savannian, and. My setup is we have a well, we have well water, which sometimes is not a good thing. Sulfury, eggy, um, you know, all that good stuff, but it's, it's not sulfury and I filter it with a carbon filter. So it strips a little bit of that, like off flavor that you may get. Sometimes it's kind of variable sometimes. So, but, but going back to that, like kind of rustic style that I'm like kind of trying to push towards, you know, I'm, I'm brewing with like water out of the ground and it, yeah. it's like kind That's of sick. Yeah. It's a, it's a true agricultural product, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, that's water that came out the ground that you're sipping on. I feel blessed. Yeah. And then I'm into the water chemistry too. Like, like this, so this is a West coast style. Um, and so, but I wanted it to, to be clear or, you know, not less, hazy. Less hazy. Yeah. I mean, hazy beers are cool and all, but I like my IPAs to be clear. It's just like the California in me. And then, so, so, but when it comes to water chemistry and stuff, it's like salt and pepper, um, when you're cooking, um, it's not necessary to do, but, um, I'll add like different, uh, ions, calcium sulfate and calcium chloride mainly to kind of, uh, enhance that perception of either juicy or kind of more crisp. So you kind of like, that's what makes it such a lifelong, uh, like mastery. I feel like, well, I feel like hobby makes it, it kind of cheapens it, but it's just like, you can always find another Avenue to like 
like, oh, for the next three months, I'm just going to get way into this tiny aspect mm-hmm. of this process. You mm-hmm. know, like there's, it'll never, because people have been literally chasing it for thousands of years. Like, right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, dude, yeah, monks, it's, you know, there's so much instead of hooking up with chicks. They just like, I want to turn honey into beer. <laughs> they figured it out. <laughs> That's what no sex will do to a dude. It's like, I will make something that will fuck me up. Yeah, you're looking at one. <laughs> yeah, why'd you turn to brew it? Ah, trouble and hope. <laughs> Lots of free time. Yeah, but beer is so versatile. So that's what makes it fun, too. It's like, you know, you know what you're getting when you have wine, you know? Um, it's fermented grapes. But with beer, it's like, you know, that kind of liquid bread aspect of layering herbs. And, um, you know, I want to get into groots, spices, um, you know, kind of probiotic. When it, uh, Probiotic beers, kind of like that, like hard kombucha, like, yeah. really interests me. Um, so just anything fermentable that, I mean, kind of gets that culinary, uh, culinary itch scratched for me. That's a weird thing about beer and wine. This is changing a little bit as some people start to charge charge exorbitant prices for beer. Is like with wine, I feel like you're kind of like prices like the price of like a bottle of wine is so all over the place where beer the beer market is like a beer an IPA is going to cost between X and Y amount of dollars no matter what. And like how you perceive it from there is kind of up to the consumer as opposed mm-hmm. to you're putting a little bit more trust in the person who's drinking it to decide what they like. Whereas with wine, it's like, we've decided this is a $40 bottle. So that's what yeah. it is. You know, like, well, I think the same goes, I think wine and beer, the only comparison you can make is like a stout, like, because you can age a stout and as it's aged, it gets more expensive, you know? And like, I feel like anything that you store, Well, but the wild beers kind of people do the same thing with mm-hmm. like the with aging like, with the, with like IPAs. No, with like uh, farmhouse ales and like um, like what like barrel age like sours and stuff. Yeah, like people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think things that keep or that their flavor and and it can transform over time. Like right. that's that's what people want. Like and people will pay like eighteen dollars a bottle for like a really aged like weird beer. You know. Like, yeah. Well, Drew. I mean, Drew bought that hundred and eighty dollars stout from that person he opened on his like wedding. Right. Well, he's like, bad at money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 but yeah, I think we're that was a good one. Yeah, I think that's good. Um what do you think, Taylor? Yeah, all right. Yeah. Hey, it's cute, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, cute. No, I think we can pretty much wrap up. I can I can edit around.